1: Hello and welcome to another episode of Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports, joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host, Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On today's episode, we are going to recap the midweek matches, four games, eight teams, The matches that were rescheduled from October 1st and October 2nd weekend. And we will also preview the full weekend ahead of the upcoming FIFA window. But first, a quick reminder to follow us on Twitter at Attacking Third. You can also head on over to our YouTube page and hit subscribe to never miss a new video, interview, or whenever we go live. Plus, you can catch great extended NWSL highlights. Head on over to YouTube.com slash Attacking Third. Lisa, how
0: are you doing today? Andrea, I'm doing pretty good. I'm, I'm actually feeling my body feels horrible right now. I've started playing adult soccer league again, um, which is a blast. It's so much fun. I actually play with Marissa Pilla, who is the sideline reporter for the NWSL. Whoop, whoop, Philly gang going strong. Um, and I just went a little too hard this week in our match. Um, I have a giant ball mark on my leg. My other knee is like really wobbly. I have a bad knee and it's a it's not good. I'm it's needless to say, my body is not 21 anymore. (laughs) I forgot that when I just went so hard in this match, but, um, Other than that, like my brain is feeling good, but my body is a little sore. I've been icing on and off all day just to try to get back to walking. (laughs) It's a mess. I'm old, Sandra. I'm old. (laughs) There's something about the
1: brain, right? When you get into those moments again, it just switches. It's like it's like riding a bicycle. It's just like you never forget. So the fact that you like jumped into go mode is is unshocking to me for sure. But I hope you feel better soon.
0: Yes, I I mean my brain. My brain knows what it needs to do to like get to the ball to make the passes, but my body can't physically do it at that level anymore. So it's, there's a bit of a learning curve from brain to body for me on the pitch, but, but how are you? I'm doing all right. I feel
1: like um, the Wednesday slate of games that we are going to recap almost sort of felt like a roller coaster for me. So while I didn't like while I'm not like feeling it from Rec Soccer League, I am feeling it from like trying to pay attention to so many games uh, at once and trying to keep track of all the discourse around some of the officiating this weekend or this, this week. And we're going to get into all of that for our listeners right now. Let's 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 dive right in because we got to do a recap. And we got to do a preview and we're going to chat a little bit before we do all that. I think it's a really good idea to talk a little bit about, Uh, some news uh, before we jump into all this, where there's a relocation of the NWSL championship final. Uh, It was initially announced in September that the NWSL championship final taking place on November 20th was going to be in Portland, hosted by uh, Providence park. Uh, But recently it was announced that in collaboration with the uh, players association that was recently moved uh, to accommodate a much better kickoff time uh, for players who will be participating in the championship final. So instead of having a night 9 a.m. kickoff time and having to prep for a 9 a.m. match. Players will now be preparing for a noon Eastern uh, kickoff time in Louisville. Lisa, what were some of your reactions when you when you heard the switch?
0: Um, I was honestly a little surprised. I didn't expect the league to change the location, although I'm so happy that they did purely for the kickoff time. Of course, I think it was Ashlyn Harris, goalkeeper for Orlando Pride. I believe it was her that said, in a statement in post-match um, that although Portland is a huge soccer city, they understand how to host an event at this large scale um, and Portland clinched the playoffs. So that's looking pretty good for them. Although all of those things, the 9 a.m. kickoff is just a huge con against all of those pros that outweigh it. Um, so starting at 9 a.m. is really not fair for these players. So the fact that it's now a 12 o'clock noon kickoff is so much better. And Louisville Lynn family stadium is an incredible facility. It's beautiful. Um, they can accommodate this. I think it's really good for the city of Louisville too to have an influx of fans coming in and players coming in. And this is, I think this will be a pretty big test for racing Louisville as a club because they're out of the playoffs. Um, so if they can host this event, which I know they can, and if they can make it really successful, which I know they can, I have a lot of faith and belief in them, but this will look really good for the future of the club for racing Louisville. Um, so I was a little surprised at the news, but just because I didn't expect it. Um, but I'm super happy for it. Honestly, this is it's good for everyone, everyone involved. What about you? What was your reaction?
1: Yeah, similar. I mean, I think at this point you, with the timing of it, I think because yes. it's 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 re- gearing so close. I mean, we're in October two playoff spots have already been clinched you know my teams there's four still up for grabs so you're like you know is this even a possibility and it turns out it wasn't it's a possibility because louisville essentially is, is, is stepping up to, yeah. to be those uh you know to, to be the franchise to say hey like we we believe in ourselves we believe that we have the capabilities and the facilities yeah. to put on this type of event and we will do this uh you know in the best interest of of the players and you know lynn family stadium uh we've seen it all year it's it's a it's a really great facility we've Beautiful. heard that directly from the players themselves who represent racing uh visiting teams who have gone in uh in there to to play against them it's not an easy place to play in um if you're the opposition and those are the environments that these players are, are looking for you know so uh 15,000 people max you know capacity if it, it could be a really good soccer crown for for a big event like that, and obviously a, a big thing too is is the grass <laughs> that's coming yes. into play. So so the oh, kickoff time, the, the the later kickoff time, the the, the 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 grass for for players and their bodies, you know, they're they're feeling more comfortable with that. So I think there's um, way more pros in this one than cons.
0: And I think the biggest thing is that the NWSL Players Association, the players are the ones that pushed for this change Um, and the league listened and the league reacted and responded positively to those requests of players saying we cannot play at 9 a.m. for a championship match in this league please move it, please help us out and change it. So kudos to the players for for making their voice be heard, which is something that we've been echoing over the last few weeks, Sandra, but this was all the players doing and great job by them. They wanna change and they're getting it little by little. For sure. November 20th is the NWSL championship final. It will still be kicking off at noon Eastern
1: time and everybody can tune in on that on big network TV CBS. So stay tuned as that gets closer. I'm sure we'll be hyping that up even more, but let's get into what is this playoff push. We still don't know who's going to be in these final top six. We have two teams that have clinched already in the thorns and OL rain. And there's spots three, through all the way through six, uh, being determined have been by a very narrow table that's been pretty narrow all year round. This first match kicked things off in this Wednesday slate of games was North Carolina Courage hosting Washington Spirit. Washington Spirit coming away with a 2 1 win this week on the road against North Carolina. Trinity Rodman, Julie Rodar getting the goals for uh, Washington Spirit. Meredith Speck making things interesting with a goal for North Carolina Courage. Lisa, let's let's just start with the picks. Ooh. I think you and I were feeling pretty good once we
0: saw that this was a win. we were like, yes, we both chose spirit in this one. It's feeling good for Lisa and Sandra this week. We're winning right now. We're on the winning side of things right now, Sandra. Yes, it was. It was fun to watch this one. Um, I actually really liked this match. Washington takes the head-to-head against Courage. Now um, they they move into third place in the standings, which that's what it was. It was a fight for third for Washington, and and this was really really good for Washington Spirit. Um, I think Aubrey Bledsoe had a lights-out game. She looked fantastic on the pitch. She saved a few. That, that were probably going in. Um, before we give too much praise to Washington and everything they did, I want to say that North Carolina looked a lot better than they did on Sunday versus Houston. The defense was tighter. The attack had more weapons in it. Um, they When they got the ball, it was Lynn Williams and Jess McDonald. Go, 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 going. Jess McDonald, Whew, she had a game. She had a game, Sandra. She yeah. was really fun to watch. But so many of the times, I think, when Courage got the ball and they were pushing in the attack, it was just Williams and McDonald pushing. And there was a huge gap between the midfield. Where's DeVinia? Where's Speck? Where's Denise O'Sullivan pushing up and, and kind of closing that gap to pick up any scraps that come out? And maybe Lynn Williams and Jess McDonald are just too fast for the midfielders of North Carolina Courage. But I, I need to see more support from the midfield behind the forwards. Um, but I want to kind of get into this one. The first goal for Trinity Rodman for, for Washington Spirit was actually awarded an own goal off Abby Erceg, Carolina defender, which is rough because I thought this was a really nice shot by Trinity Rodman. It looked like it was going to go in no matter what, but it took the deflection. So it's awarded an own goal, but I wanted to give that one to Trinity Rodman. I did. I what did know, you think?
1: We'll, we'll see. We'll see if it's still getting reviewed. I know I know there's a lot of different angles to take a look at sometimes when it comes to um the the camera work that takes place um during some of these NWL productions of the matches. So perhaps it's getting reviewed and double checked as of right now on the league's standings and the league stats, it is credited to Trinity Rodman. Um so who who knows? I, I know during the call it sort of looked like it took the deflection and kind of went in. I would love for it to stay that way, uh but I'm sure something like this will probably be reviewed and double-checked um but if it does stand for for trinity robin as it does on the on the site right now i mean it's it's just another credit to this this player just having this phenomenal rookie season for the washington spirit she is uh she's absolutely integrated herself in this washington spirit side as, as a constant threat as really a staple for you know rolling out their starting 11s Mm -hmm. and when she's not on the pitch, it's becoming noticeable when she's not on the pitch. It's like, where's, where's Trinity Rodman? Or it's like, Oh, well, you know what? The spirit game can use a little bit more of it could use a little bit more of Trinity Rodman. And she, she dealt with some, some minor, you know, back issues and, you know, picking up a couple knocks here and there throughout uh, the earlier to middle part of, of the season. Um, But sort of seeing her being able to, to get more regular starts being a part of that really dynamic uh, attack alongside uh, Sanchez and alongside Hatch has really paid dividends for the Spirit team um, this year. And it this particular matchup this year with Spirit and Courage has been so entertaining uh, t- to watch. Uh, it's been very, very impressive um, matches between these two sides when when they've gone head to head. And to see a, the younger team and the Spirit sort of go go ahead and sort of take the the head to head and be able to, you know, kind of steal that if that if tiebreaker does come into to, to play, because it might because the table is so narrow. Um again, it's it's a storyline that I think spirit, the spirit fans, you know, will probably want to look back on as a as a silver lining and, and take with them because you know this franchise as we know has been going through a lot on and off the pitch mm-hmm. and like similarly with, with North Carolina. So having these sort of th- these things, these soccer based related things that you could maybe find a little bit of joy in uh, that, that, that might be one of them, that this young team going up against this really experienced yeah. side, getting, getting the, the regular series, you know, against them in the regular season and um having such a young core in place, uh do, go out and do that. So uh, kudos and, and to them if- on, on picking up the win.
0: And really looking like a complete team um, from from goalkeeper Bledsoe all the way to Rodman and Hatch Sanchez up top, like drawing fouls. Um, It's it's a complete unit. It's a complete eleven players on the field, and I. I think that the community that they've established amongst themselves and the family off the field based on everything that's happening with the spirit this year has really helped them on the field just be in this together. It's they are one entity as a team. They want to play for their their teammates on either side of them. And I think it shows for Washington and Julia Rotter getting, getting a goal in this match. Pretty good one, too. Honestly, I think. It wasn't struck that well. It wasn't struck that hard, but it was kept down low through the mix of players. And that's what you have to do on a shot like that. You're not going to send a ball through traffic. That's got incredible bend on it. You just have to keep it low and put it in the mix. And Casey Murphy couldn't grab that one. I think that was a pretty fun goal too. I like this game because it was scrappy and had lots of back and forth and had the energy and and the quick transitions. Um, It was a nice start to the Wednesday midweek matches.
1: It absolutely uh, set the scene for sure. Uh, And we got another good one that we got to get into right now. Kansas City NWSL versus Houston Dash. Oh my goodness. What an event. Kansas City picking up the event. Picking up that win. Kansas City 3-1 over Houston Dash. I just, I am like looking at the scoreline. I'm looking at the, the players who scored the goals right now. Darian Jenkins kicking things off. Elizabeth Ball. Lolo Vanta picking up goals in this one for Kansas City. Lisa, you picked Kansas City. You get the picks in this one. I went with Houston Dash. Not able to get this win. I just thought maybe they were gonna grab it and it just didn't, it just didn't happen. But I I don't know if this was you can fact check me on this, Lisa, and anyone else can fact check me on this too. I'm not too, I think this is the first time that Kansas City got a 3-0 win in the regular season um, but maybe not so surprising in this one lisa is that they had another great performance at home uh, it is their sixth consecutive result that they picked up in kansas city it is something about playing this team in their hometown that it's a struggle to play against them, whether you're looking at a, t- a table standings or not a last place standing or not this team has made it that when you go into kansas city They are going to make it difficult to play against them. And they had themselves a little bit of a a statement game to sort of maybe close out their season. I think I love this role that it looks like this team is embracing right now, where they're like, you know what? That table is clogged. We are out of it. We are trying to play for next year. We want to end this season on a high swing, the momentum in our favor going into 2022. And they are taking points off of top tier playoff push level teams and it is such a joy to watch right now lisa what were some of your takes out of this game
0: it is such a joy. I just did a little bit of research for you, Sandra. Sandra. Yeah, does look like this is the first time Kansas City has scored three goals in a singular match, but they have had three or more goals scored against them at least three times throughout this season. So they know what it tastes like to be on the other end of that, um, conceding all of those goals. And if anyone didn't hear Sandra at the start of this recap, I picked Kansas City to win. <laughs> I won this matchup, Sandra picked Houston, and I'm so proud of Kansas city. Like you said, they they're out of the playoff race, but they want to impact things. They want to throw grenades into the standings, into where everyone's bunched up and just explode things for other teams, make it difficult. They can impose their game on a team like Houston. And I think factor being that this was played at Kansas city's home legends field, um, but The team that has nothing to lose, they tend to play a little, little, with a little more heart, a little more blue collar, if you will, just connecting things putting things together because you have nothing really to lose um the head to head is tied between Kansas City and Houston which probably won't play a factor considering Kansas City's at the bottom of the standings and already out but goal differential this is pretty big for Houston um and KC just spoiling spoiling Houston's day um i i we have to give two claps to Darian Jenkins and that first goal that she had Holy cow, what a strike from Jenkins, the corner of the 18. She got her head up. She, she did this about two matches ago against Washington. She had a beautiful, beautiful ball. This is the forward that, um, that needs to be in the NWSL and needs to be contributing. She's a young one, but man, she has a lot going for her. Um, this shot was just beautiful. I think 80 French was such a great grab for Kansas city, um, Kiki Pickett, another really young player for Kansas City that had a fantastic game. She had a shot off the crossbar, uh, a few off the crossbar. I think Addie McCain had another brilliant bullet that went off the crossbar. Um, Crossbars were the name of the game in a lot of these matches on Wednesday evening. But uh, at at the half, Kansas City was up 2-0. And I was a little nervous for them going into halftime because Houston is the team with a leader like Rachel Daly that can really put fire underneath people, especially at a half when two nil is a really dangerous scoreline, but coming out in the second half, Houston put on pressure, Kansas city able to hold it off. Um, PK, this was our, our first penalty kick we saw of the evening, um, a foul called against Jane Campbell, uh, Jessica Silva drawing this one. This one was a penalty kick. I'm going to come right out and say that Jane Campbell didn't get the ball. She took out Silva's legs because we have had some questions for our referees. Uh, Sandra, you you agree it was the PK, this one? Listen, I you make that kind of contact
1: in the box. That yes, yeah. the, the goalkeeper is the last line of defense, but that's still a foul when you're taking you out the, the players, when you didn't get the ball and you're taking out the players feet from and, uh, you know, just Jessica Silva with the, the the awareness and presence of mind to say this is happening and actually making that full stretch leap. I love Heck to yeah. see it. I need to see more of that in the women's game. Honestly, it's smart. Um, that's smart soccer
0: from Silva. Yeah. That's really
1: some people, smart. To- some people might call it an uh, exaggeration or some people might call it a flop. We don't call it that. <laughs> we call she was
0: falling smart. no matter what. She was falling yeah. no matter what. And that's the smart. Of- her to say, you know what, I'm going to make sure you see that I'm falling lean into this foul and go for it because it, it needed to be called no matter what, even if she still stumbled and kept going, she probably wasn't going to score and you, from that angle. So, and you know, who
1: else knew it was a foul? Jen Campbell knew that was a foul yeah, because the, rea- the reaction from this, one of the best goalkeepers, probably top five goalkeeper in the league uh, has the reaction where it's like, yeah, that just happened. I got to yeah. get, in, I got to
0: get into my position. I got to get into my position and, and prepare for the next thing that's yes. going to happen. Yes. So, which is so true. That's what, that's when you know when the person that commits the foul, I was like, yep, my bad. Um, And and Lola Bonta stepping up to knock this one in the stoppage time for Kansas City. Lola Bonta, she gets married. She scores a penalty kick. Her team gets a three nil win. That girl, go buy a lottery ticket. You are on fire right now. Have a great week, Lola Bonta. Big week for Lola Bonta. Congrats to her on the recent
1: wedding and the recent marriage. We, we love to celebrate that type of stuff here. Anytime there's a second to celebrate some joy, we're going to do it. So shout out to her and hope she's she's riding the wave of that. That really, yeah. really Big week. And it's it's again, it's another big result for this Kansas City side and uh, Houston knocks them a little bit, you know, in in the standings, you know, but just just slightly. And we'll get we'll get more into that uh, as we close out the episode in terms of where everyone kind of shook out after all of these games. But another the third match taking place in this Wednesday slate of games was Chicago Red Stars hosting Orlando Pride. This was another one of those matches, Lisa, that we had sort of circled on our previews and sort of saying, There's a couple of games. There's a lot of games taking place all kind of at the same time on one day. If there's a few games that you have to check out, here's a couple that we're going to be keeping a heavy eye on. And we said that it was going to be these next two games that we're going to get into. So Chicago Red Stars versus Orlando Pride. Chicago walking away with the win in this one, a narrow win, 1-0 over Orlando Pride. There weren't a lot of goals in
0: this one, Lisa. You had that in our picks. You, You picked Chicago. I picked Orlando. I'm just going to come out and say it. All right. Can, Lisa, continue with your analysis. You
1: know, there's no, there is absolutely zero hateration up on this, this, <laughs> this podcast. When we go through our picks, look at you, just giving, just giving me that dub Fine. right off the bat. <laughs> but there, there weren't a lot of goals in this one, Lisa, but there might've been a lot of drama when it comes to the discourse around some of, some of the, the officiating in this one, but Chicago making things happen uh, making things happen pretty, pretty early in this one. And that's, that's putting it, that's putting it kindly. Um, we started to see, we talked a little bit about this in our, in our preview, Lisa, that we were just both sort of kind of felt that, you know, maybe this isn't really going to come down to um, the midfield for either of these teams going into a a match like this, that maybe we're going to have to see some type of play coming from the attacking lines, whether it was, you know, this, this continuing evolving chemistry with, with Watt and Pew on what side, and then the return of of Alex Morgan to form and, and Sydney LaRue for, for Orlando pride. But, Chicago making things, making a statement pretty early and and these waves of attack coming very early end up paying off um, with Khalil Watt winning a corner kick. And then yeah. that piece played in and then she ends up getting a, a goal off of this one in the, in the six minutes, uh, sneaks one and a kind of a cheeky angle really past Ashton, yeah. Ashton Harris and, and they have the, the early lead uh, in, in this game. And it sort of kind of continues that way a little bit uh, back and forth for these two sides in in this first half and in, in particular, um, and it got a little physical at times, Lisa, there was some, some, Hardy booing taking place on a Wednesday night um, in Bridgeview. I was uh, covering this game locally and and in person, so sort of taking in the sights and the sounds of this was, again, a little bit delightful. I was like, wow, there's just something about fans in a stadium <laughs> and taking and taking all and taking all this in. But there were a number of times where where the uh, the officiating was was hearing it Um, in this match. There was a particular moment that happened in the 31st minute. And then there was, of course, uh, a penalty that was eventually awarded to Orlando in the 43rd minute um, for um, that ended up going uh, their way. And Alex Morgan tried to step up and take this this penalty.
0: uh, (laughs) So, you know, we were talking about a very. The fact that, Sandra, the fact that you said Alex Morgan tried to take this penalty kick was just worded so perfectly. Well, listen,
1: listen, listen, (laughs) Alex Morgan. Listen, she's having herself uh, a a, a couple of weeks here. The the entire league has been going going through the players in this league. The fact that they are getting up and going out and playing games of soccer Mm -hmm. while everything has been happening is is a real testament to how they are built as human beings quite frankly we we continue to see the player demonstrations taking place throughout all of these matches uh, they look they look similar but they're taking place a little bit differently now they're taking place at kickoff versus Mm -hmm. in the sixth minute. Um, So the coming together, uh, standing in solidarity in a full circle at the center circle of the pitch is happening at kickoff versus the sixth minute now. Um, And, you know, this is a lot of, there's a lot of emotions that are taking place. And for somebody like Alex Morgan, who was heavily involved in the uh, recent um, reporting to help sort of uh, be this supportive person, and the story of Sinead Farley and the story of uh Man of Shame, that that's that's big. Um, so I, I say that because you also have somebody like Martha on Orlando Pride. So yeah, if you're go, you know, if, if there's if there's um you know, if there's if there are things that are like that you think might impact, you know, your ability to kind of uh perform in like a high pressure or like high tense situation, you know, why wouldn't you, you know, maybe have those conversations and say, this is going to be our person taking the yes. penalty yes. kicks, you know, going forward. So those, I imagine that those type of conversations already happen prior to your match day. So, you know, if, if Alex Morgan was coming out of trainings and saying, Hey, if we get a penalty kick, I'm I'm taking it. And the team was good with it. Hey, that that's what they ended up rolling with. And
0: and there's also moments between whistle penalty kick called and actual lining up over the ball where she could say she could turn to her teammates and say, I want to take this. I can take this. I can do that. Those are moments where if you think as a player, you're having a great match, you're, you're in your rhythm, you're striking the ball really cleanly, especially as, especially as a forward, or if you already have a goal or two in the match, which not Alex Morgan's case, but you can turn to your teammates and say this, I want this one. Um, and your teammates usually have your back, especially if you say it with enough confidence and conviction. Uh, I wasn't privy to any of those conversations. I don't know what happened, but, um, I probably would have given it to Marta. I'm just saying. You got you to wonder. I mean, she she steps up to to take
1: this this penalty kick, and uh, the crowd is is it's a home it's a home crowd for Chicago, and they're not making it easy. There was a lot of uh, swarming of boos and things like that, make trying to make it hard for the player to do this. so. It goes wide, and it still ends up being um, in a, 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 the lead for Chicago. And this happens right before halftime, so you wonder if like this is a real opportunity for this Orlando pride team to sort of level things out and maybe mm-hmm. kind of hit the reset button for the second half to perhaps go a different way. And it, it just, it just doesn't, but let's, let's narrow in a little bit on some of this like first half uh, controversy when it comes to the, 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 lack of calls or the question, the, the questioning of calls moving forward. At Lisa, I, w- I was there at this game. So me being the local reporter, I was designated the pool reporter for this match and for people who don't know the pool reporter, um, is the Are report- you saying
0: pull? P U L L?
1: No, P O O L. So swimming. There we go.
0: So as the the pool reporter, this is uh, it's this- the Chicago accent. We just got to clarify. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Um,
1: so pro referee uh, allows, uh, I think it's three questions uh, in reference to the game. So calls or if anybody if reporters or media would like extended information or any more insight to perhaps certain moments of the games for calls that were made, not made, whatever uh, they are, they open themselves up to being asked those, those questions. So when you are at a game, um, if, if you are a member of the local media, like proliferation enough to actually go and cover um, an NWSL games, there there's typically a designated, pool reporter in these moments so for for this match it was my myself and so I I submitted a couple questions to a pro referee just to to see if there was any extra elaboration or anything that that they would like to give um for for some of the calls. So one of the, the one of the questions was, what did the official see during the, the 31st minute between Kalia Watt and Amy Turner as the two players uh, went down in the penalty area? And the second question was, you know, what was the reason for the, the penalty in the 43rd minute and what was the reason for the, the yellow issued uh, to why? And so the, the following answers that I was given was, you know, number one. In the 31st minute, I saw a shoulder-to-shoulder contact and no offense. And the second answer is the penalty in the 43rd minute was for tripping, and the caution that was issued to number two was for dissent. Um, so that's not too too surprising. Um, when the yellow was issued to Watt in that moment, it, the penalty is, is issued, and it c- comes off of some contact uh of some bumping that's taking place between Sydney LaRue and Casey mm-hmm. Kruger. And the first player over there to contest this penalty is, is Kalia Watt. Um, so you, you see that the drawing kind of, kind of happening happening and the, the yellow that's issued further yellows are, are extended Chicago's bench players actually received <laughs> I love a yellow Chicago. in this match. <laughs> It, it, it was like, wow, it's like this game has has everything, you know, it's it's got it's got a goal. It's got a banger in, in the in the early minutes. it's It's got yellows and, and it's got uh, officiating controversies. There's a penalty kick that was awarded one that wasn't. So it was like truly, truly uh, something to witness um, um, on this day. And this was all just uh, in, in the 45 uh, minutes. But that turns out that's all that Chicago needed. They had a lot. That's ultimately what this game was, Lisa. There was a lot yeah. of. Great movement, a lot of strong attack from Chicago. They left a lot of chances on the table and they ended up having to rely on some really organized defensive moments to just sort of close this thing out. And Cassie Miller had to come up huge for the Chicago Red Stars team um, in net for them down the stretch. And uh, and she did. And things just ended up kind of working out that way in which Chicago took this win. And there's a one game remaining between these two teams mm-hmm. um, in the next couple of weeks.
0: Yes, this, this match was a good one. Um, a little uh, questionable calls. I'm going to say, I want to, I want to throw my, my thoughts out there. The first one uh, between Watt and uh, Riley, I believe it was in the box that did not get called. The first one you questioned in the 31st minute. Um, yeah. Shoulder to shoulder. They're both going for the ball, but Riley gets her leg around Watt and and kind of takes her out as last defender. Oh. Turner, yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry, Amy Turner. Yes, yes, yes. Amy Turner, and gets her leg around Watt, and she takes her out. I I think that was a missed call. I think, yeah, she does get a touch of the ball, but she takes out Watt. And then at the other end with Krieger or Casey Kruger and Sydney Larue. Yes, it's a foul. It's a little soft. It's a little soft. There's not much of a shove there and if we gave a lot of um credit to Jessica Silva for diving in the KC game or not diving yep. but recognizing that she's going to get fouled and making it exaggerated, you got to give the credit to Sydney Larue in this yep. situation because it's really similar. There's contact. You're in the box. If you get a little bit off off balance, Lean into that as a forward, and you may get the call or you may m- not get the call in Watt's turn. Um, But interesting, this I, I want to say one thing for the pe- people in the back, for the people that keep forgetting, Watt is really fast. She doesn't look <laughs> fast. And then she starts running and She surprises me so pleasantly every single time. I'm like, yes, girl, you're so fast. Uh, She gets around Allie Krieger a number of times, like push to the one side, run around the other. But this match was pretty good. A really good win for Chicago. It's tied one to one right now. They face off again October 29th. Um, A lot of questionable calls, but. That's a, that's a big mistake for Alex Morgan and for Orlando to miss that penalty kick. I think that would have changed the game heading into the half completely.
1: Yeah, for sure. I think it would have been a different, um, 45 for both of them for both of these teams. If, if they're walking into, uh, the, the locker room, uh, all leveled up on that type of stuff. But, um, yeah, good. Quite an entertaining match for sure. Let's get to the the final one in this Wednesday slate of games. It was Portland Thorns versus O.L. Rain. We were hyped on this one, Lisa. It was the final version of the regular season meeting for the Cascadia rivalry. These two Pacific Northwest rivals going head to head with really not a playoff perspective type of thing on the line, but there is an NWSL shield that is still up for grabs Mm -hmm. with these final weeks remaining. Nobody has clinched it yet, and it really is this sort of head-to-head battle right now with Portland Thorns FC and O.L. Reign based on the number of games left. Gotham FC is a bit of a long, long, long shot to potentially shock the league and possibly run away with the shield themselves. They would need to win all four of their remaining matches and need O.L. Rain and Portland Thorns to drop some more of theirs. So we'll see what happens here. So with this match, I know a lot of people had their eyes on it as it being the, the final regular season match. For these for these two teams, uh, there's the the long history of the rivalry there. Uh, As of this season, you know, Allain walking away with with the head-to-head already having those those two wins, um, and just the one point separating these two Mm -hmm. teams at the time of of kickoff. Uh, But we ended up watching these two sides play out to a one-one draw, and similar to the game that we just talked about, there was a really early moment for for this Portland Thorns side to really kind of come out and and maybe set the tone a little bit uh, for, for this match taking place in in their home in their home field, where it was a delightful link up between, you Mm -hmm. know, the, the, the young attacking core for, for the Thorns and Morgan Weaver gets on, on the scoreboard really, really early. We're talking three minutes into this match and lovely link up um, with, with Smith and and Weaver and they get the, the early lead, but again, it's a long stretch of time and we do not, see this Portland Thorkside side able to capitalize on this really good attack that they were presenting throughout this first half against, uh, rain. It was a little bit of a, you know, I don't want to say maybe snake bit, but mm-hmm. getting a lot of good looks and just not having the finishing and going into halftime, um,
0: only up the, the one goal. when perhaps they, they, they could have been up a, a few more. They could have, and they probably should have been. Um, Sophia Smith is fantastic. She is Really fun to watch, uh, getting assists, creating chances, her movement. Um, the opening goal for Morgan Weaver was just what Portland needed. And Sandra, we found out after we recorded our preview for these matches that Megan Rapino was off the injury report list and she would be playing for OL Reign. And I know we talked about, we both picked Portland for this match and it was a tie, so we both lose. Um, but we, we knew that Megan Rapino right before this game was happening was going to be back playing for Oal Rain. That didn't change anything for me. I still thought Portland was going to come out on top and win this one. And when Weaver scored in the 3rd minute, I was like, "Yep. All right, there we go. Let me go get some tea. I'm just going to hang out because this game, Portland has it, has it in the bag. They're they're gonna keep going. Um, not the case at all. I think Rose Lavelle had a really nice match for OL Rain. Uh, they had a lot of good chances. Um, I think Lindsay Haran for Portland Thorns is getting better every single week. And that's something for a player like Haran, who is at the top of her game, who just came off an Olympics, who has been at the top of her game for some time now, to continuously be getting better is really, really impressive. And that shows a lot about the character of Lindsay Haran that she is taking each day and each training and each game as an opportunity to elevate herself. She, her touches on the ball, her vision of the field, Really impressive to watch. Um, this one also had potentially a controversial call in this one. We had our third penalty kick of the night. Um, it was called against Angela Salem. Danny Weatherall for OL Reign took a shot. Off. It was a corner kick. Scrum in the box for OL Reign on their corner kick that was happening. It tries to get cleared out. It ends up at the feet of Weatherall, who rips a shot and Angela Salem running out from her goal, uh, trying to close down the space, gets hit in the arm, in the body, I'm gonna say. So her arms were across her chest almost in an X or hugging herself as a body as she's running out to close down the space for Weatheralt, and the ball hits off her arms. It's called a handball in the box, penalty kick. Megan Rapino buries it in the 85th minute or so. So for a late, a late, goal for Oh, rain. They immediately grabbed the ball and they start to go again. Oh, all rain at that point was like, we got to win this match. Sandra, yeah. was it a handball?
1: I don't think it was a handball. I think by definition of the rule, just sort of having, uh, and then seeing what happened and what, you know, yes, of course, like there are moments where you slow things down and and that's a bit of an advantage. The officials in real time have to m- make the call as, as they see it. Mm-hmm. And on this night, they saw that it was was a handball. But when you're like you're going back on the footage and you're stopping it at like, you know, zero 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 point one slow pace and frame by frame, you're 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 starting to see how things uh, play out. I, I don't think uh, I think it was a call and the referee was in a, a position to make a call. And at this moment, give uh, give the advantage to the defender in that sense where, you know, what do you, what does a defender do in that moment? If you're not tucking your arms, you know, in a sense to, to protect, you know, your, yourself in an effort to not try to extend your limbs and, you know, really do get, get, get dinged or pegged with, with the handball. So um, it was, a, I think a really, really tough moment uh, for that Thorns team to sort of have to, to kind of have that, you know, the extra points snatched, snatched away a little bit and, give a little bit of credit to to all rain. I mean, probably zeroing in on the final 12 minutes or mm-hmm. so of this match watching the substitutions take place on both sides of the pitch, particularly for, for Laura Harvey, you know, at, at this point in the game, having somebody like a, a Megan Rapinoe involved in the game, having somebody like an Allie Watt coming in and getting more minutes um, with this oil rain team, just being able to just run down and run at a team. um, Angelina coming, you know, and, and, and having the impact that, that she did, they were really kind of bringing it uh, during these final uh, 12 minutes. We, there was a long stretch of time there. Uh, where Portland had to find themselves in in positions to defend away. So to kind of have this moment occur and sort of not being not have that control of the game mm-hmm. anymore kind of have that in control of the the officiating hands that I imagine is incredibly incredibly frustrating and what's and your level in this type of game in this type of rivalry with five minutes plus stoppage time left that can feel like an eternity you know yes. so it's like it, we, we got to see like some a little bit of madness I think sort of close out uh, <laughs> th- this match but it ultimately ended up just being a draw Lisa and neither of us were able to get close out these picks with the with win so you and I are just
0: one we've got one <laughs> yeah. I mean, at this, I think that the call against Salem and the handball was rough. It's no handball in my eyes. Of course, things are happening quick. There's no VAR. The refs have to take a look at that, um, in the moment and decide the ref was actually in pretty good positioning to see it. If you watch on the replays, um, but the, the new rules this year or the rules this year, we actually, uh, the league had set up a meeting for the broadcasters, myself being one of them and pro referees, which is the referee group and organization that officiates the NWSL matches, and they took us through a slideshow of what is considered a handball and what is not. Because as analysts and broadcasters, I need to know what they're calling on the field so I can tell you that over the broadcast. Um, I don't think that was a handball, especially according to their slideshow that they showed us a few weeks ago. Uh, One of the the common phrases that pro referees use is making um, making your body unnaturally bigger. So if your arms are by your side, your body's a little wider. If your arm is straight out, your body is longer. Um, if your arms are in front of your chest and the ball hits you in the chest, your body's not really getting unnaturally bigger. It was still going to hit you probably just hurt Salem a little less because her arms took most of the blow, but we'll see what happens. Sometimes teams appeal calls and and do things. There's no card in that matter. So not much that Portland can do in that case, but definitely a a, a spicy night in the NWSL on Wednesday evening for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, shout out to all
1: the Thorns media and and the call for the post game uh, on on this one, Um, Mark Parsons and his media availability, um, referring uh, to the coaching B license course that Salem is in and said that in Game, Salem literally learned the handball rule as well. So like, it's just, it's just sort of funny connecting these things together where you're talking about the broadcast team sort of being given a bit of a slideshow from, from pro rippery and, and learning these things, and in Salem, alluding to something similar, we're learning about the rule in, in her B license uh, course, and then having it play out the way that it did in this match. It's it's a really unfortunate, and it's it's also really unfortunate because this was the final regular season match between these two teams. So the only other time that we could potentially see another head to head. For these two teams could possibly be in the playoffs now because this has been put to, to rest. Let's take a quick break. We will fill everyone in on standings. We will fill everyone in on the preview of next weekend or this coming up weekend's games, and we will do that right after a quick break. The rest is football wherever you get your podcast. All the best from Big Beats. We're back, everybody, and we have to preview five NWSL matches for you all. There's only a few weeks remaining in this regular season. It's hard to believe it's coming down to a close. And there are five games to take place Saturday and Sunday this weekend. Let's start with this first one, Lisa. We're going to hit everybody with our picks. We've got a racing Louisville FC hosting Orlando pride in this one. Orlando struggling, Lisa. They have yet to pick up a win in quite some time. They have fallen out of playoff position. They are absolutely in a place now where they cannot afford to drop points. They're in a place where they cannot afford to lose. And yeah. looking at this Orlando pride team uh, that had spent so long in playoff position to now sort of uh, kind of flounder in these final remaining weeks, it's a tough position to be in. And now they're on the road against the racing Louisville side. That's got nothing to lose. Uh, they got to get a win. Lisa, uh, who are you picking in this one and why?
0: Uh, They do. The Orlando is winless in their last three. Their last win actually came September 11th against racing. Louisville was three to one. And the first time Louisville and Orlando met in early July is tied one to one. So this is for the head to head between these two squads. Um, I want to give it to Orlando. I just want them to win because they're on such a losing streak. Alex Morgan getting, um, missing the penalty kick, getting unlucky with that one in the Wednesday matchup. Um, I I want Orlando to get back on their winning ways because I like Becky Burley as a coach. We've talked about how aggressive this team can be. Can they throw a little fire towards racing Louisville's way and and come out with the win? So I'm going pride on this one, Sandra. You know, I think they got a tough, a tall
1: order ahead of them. They're, they're, They're coming off of a a short rest uh, this week. Orlando Pride Racing Louisville is one of the teams that did not participate in the midweek matches. Uh, They're on the road. So not only do they have the quick turnaround, they're having the traveling on the road as well. Um, I'm not too sure if Orlando walks away with a win in this one. I actually think this might be a draw. I think I'm going to okay. start off my picks with a draw in this one. Um, I want to see Louisville maybe kind of take on a little bit that persona that Kansas City is doing right now, where they're trying to pick up these wins, where they're trying to be this team that makes it incredibly difficult to play on their home home turf. But Orlando Pride has has come into to Louisville before and kind of shaken things up. So we'll see what happens. And uh, I think it might be a little bit of desperation play on Orlando's part and a little bit of maybe frantic play on Louisville that kind of might even things out. And I think this one actually might be a draw. Um, Let's roll on into Chicago Red Stars versus Kansas City. Another game that we're looking at for quick turnarounds for both of these teams. But this time, Kansas City find themselves on the road. They're heading over to Bridgeview, Illinois, to take on Chicago Red Stars. Lisa, you already know where I'm going to go on this one. I'm going to go Chicago Red Stars. I'm picking them. To, to win this game. They have uh, a good record against Kansas City at Bridgeview. Last time they played against Kansas City, they put up several goals on them. And uh, even though it's a quick turnaround for for both of these teams, uh, Mike and to give a little bit of advantage to, to the home side, having the the, the extra rest, and, or not
0: extra rest, but less travel on them at, at this yeah. point on the quick turnaround. How about you? Tra- travel definitely plays a factor into this in Kansas City, having to make their way after being home back to back. they've They've had a lot of rest. They are coming back a big 3-0 win over Houston. That that win does a lot. Um, I think the offense is really clicking for Kansas City. Defensively, they've had much more confidence, especially with AD French in goal behind Kansas City's defenders. Just organizationally, French has done tremendous things. Um, Sandra, I'm going to go with you on this one. I think Chicago is going to get the win in this matchup, which... Um, not too bad. They played, uh, last time they played, it was three nil in late August. Chicago got the win in that one. And Chicago's offense is just on something and Watts well, really fast. So I'm excited to see her just run at Casey defenders. I'm not going to stop saying that because sometimes I forget she's really fast. So yeah, I'll give this one to Chicago.
1: All right, let's roll. Let's roll on. We've got O.L. Reign hosting Washington Spirit. I can't wait to take a look at this game. I feel like it's going to be a really, really fun game. We've got two teams. It's uh, number two and number three. Right. We'll get into these standings for everybody soon, but it's going to be billed as a as a big, big game. And I think that OL rain, you know, they want to build off of what they were doing against Portland Thorn. I'm going to be going with the rain in this one, despite the really good, consistent play that we've been seeing in the attack from the Spirit. I just think that the rain have been doing something very, very special down this final stretch of the season. And I think being at home is something that plays very much into their advantage when they kind of go up against the opposition. And I think they're going to walk away with the win in this one. How about you, Lisa?
0: Oh, I'll rain on, a definite hot streak. Despite the tie against Portland, they're undefeated in their last eight matches. Washington undefeated in their last four. Washington's last w- loss actually came to OL rain early September. That game was a three nil loss for Washington. Um, this one's tough. This one's really tough for me is looking at the standings, looking at how these two squads face out. You picked all rain, right, Sandra? I did. Um, I am, I think I'm going to go with Chicago on this one. I think Trinity Rodman sure. has, <laughs> has, has shown a lot of what she can do. I think hatch and Sanchez have contributed really well. I think Bledsoe coming off a phenomenal game Wednesday evening in the league for those midweek matches. Uh, I think Washington can do this. They can, they can put power to the the powerhouse of OL rain and prove them wrong. So I'm going to go with Washington spirit on this one, but I think it'll be um, some goals. I think we're going to have some goals, maybe like two, one or, or three, one, something right. like that. I don't know. That's a quick turnaround and
1: that's a long flight, but we'll, we'll see. I, I, I respect the energy and in leaning into Washington spirit. I, again, I think this is going to be a real, real treat of a match for people to take a look at. And I love that. It's the, uh, the final one of the triple header for Saturday, but let's get into Sunday, 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 fun We've got two matches, double header for this one to close out NWSL action for the weekend. It is going to be North Carolina courage. Hosting New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC. Gotham FC finally making their return. Similar <laughs> so to Racing Louisville. They weren't uh, a team that participated in the midweek matches, but they're they're back in action this week. And uh we're talking about teams that are primed for a real playoff push. Gotham FC, one of those teams with multiple games in hand. Um, they've got four remaining, while so many other teams in the league just really have about two and/or three. Uh, but but Gotham on the road in this one. I I I Feel like this could also be a draw, but I don't want to pick another draw. I just have this thing where it's like at this point in the season, it's about results, and people and these players are playing to get to get those those wins. Um, so I really do think that uh, the quick turnaround and the rest is going to be in favor of Gotham, and I just really think that having somebody like Margaret Perspect Having mm-hmm. somebody like Paige Monahack back, having these extra options uh, in their arsenal, you know, Scott Parkerson and Bev Yanez, uh, know the team that they have and, and their ability to possibly go on a really strong run. And these next four games are going to be huge. And I think it's going to go in Gotham's favor. I think they're going to get the win.
0: I was leaning towards a draw on this one and ultimately I wrote down Gotham's going to win on this one for me. Um, the, The rest is huge. Gotham is coming off a big win over Orlando pride the last time they played, but honestly the rest is huge. North Carolina, they've, Uh, They played on the 10th, then they played on the 13th, and then they play again on the 17th. That's really, really a quick turnaround. They also played on the 6th. So it was October 6th, October 10th, October 13th, October 17th, which a lot of these teams have done. However, North Carolina has lost those two against Houston, four to one on the 10th, and then again against Washington, two one just on Wednesday of this week. So they've scored, they've been scoring goals, but it's not going to be enough. So I could see them getting one on this in this one. Actually, I'm going to go draw. I'm going to go draw on this one. I changed my mind. I'm sorry. I'm flip-flopping. I, feel um, you. I, 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 convinced I was almost, myself, yeah, I convinced I was almost myself, there too. No, I, I convinced I myself. You. Yeah. Because I think that courage is going to get a goal and Gotham will only score one. So one, one, I'm going to go, I'm giving scoreline predictions what? now, but I'm going to go a draw. Um, I like that. I like the yeah. draw and I like I like the score line in this one. Last
1: one for for Sunday, Houston dash hosting Portland Thorns FC at BBVA Stadium. Uh, It's a big one. These two teams have uh, really been building a a kind of spicy rivalry a little bit between them over the last year or so. And they've been playing against each other when they go head to head very, very well. Uh, Houston Dash getting that recent win against Portland 3-2 on the road in Providence Park. I'm not too sure if that's going to echo the same thing in this one. Again, we're talking about two teams that are coming off quick turnarounds. Uh, both kind of having a little bit of travel. Houston has to um, head on back home from Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Portland having to make the travel to Texas uh, themselves. So I'm not too sure if there's going to be a huge advantage in terms of of the travel aspect or a potential fatigue on on, on the bodies. Uh, so because of all those things coming into play. I hate to do it, but I'm going to start it. I'm going to end it the same way I started it. I think this one's going to end in a draw, Lisa. I've got Houston dance and Portland thorns in a draw
0: for this one on Sunday. Who are you going with or what are you picking and why? I think the, the travel does almost even itself out and cancel out between these two squads at, at Portland. They're on, they're not winning. They are winless in their last four matches, which is, a lot for Portland thorns. Um, and Houston, they're on this build, they're on this climb. I think the, the loss for Houston against Kansas city stung a little this week. I think they're going to have a fire inside of them. Um, traveling from Kansas city now to Portland. It's, it's a lot, it's a lot to go into Providence park and to play against the thorns there. Um, I'm going to go Houston in this one. I want to see a Houston win over Portland uh, shake up the standings a little bit, even though Portland continue, or excuse me, Houston continues to climb, um, at this one I'm circling for the weekend for Sunday, especially I I'm really excited to watch Portland versus Houston, but I am going to give it to Houston.
1: All right. Right on. I like that. I like that. You're ending on a result. I went, I went the way of the draw. Let's, uh, let's get through these standings for our listeners here just so they can, um, Stay updated, and you can can all uh, hear and see how how narrow things still are heading in to this weekend of matches. At number one, first place, Portland Thorns FC with 40 points, and second place is Ola with 39 points. Washington Spirit in third place with 33 points, and fourth place is Houston Dash with 32 points. Fifth place, Chicago Red Stars also with 32 points, and in sixth place, North Carolina Courage also with 32 points. And the outside looking in at the moment is New Jersey, New York, Gotham FC with 29 points at 7th place. In 8th place is Orlando Pride with 28 points. In ninth place is Racing Louisville FC with 17 points. And in 10th place is Kansas City NWSL, but bumping up that points to 15. And that's how everything shakes out according to the standings ahead of this weekend's matches. I want to thank Everyone for listening as always. A quick reminder again that you can follow us on Twitter at attacking third. We're on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere you listen to your podcast show. If you leave us a five star review on Apple Podcast with a question, Lisa and I will answer as part of our mailbag segment. So head on over, leave us a five star review and a question, and we'll answer it on our mailbag segment. We are also available as a video, so please subscribe to us on YouTube. Head on over to. YouTube com slash the third. hit subscribe and we will be back monday with we'll a recap of all of these matches we'll catch them on we'll and we'll